Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today we are talking about 22 A Million by Bonnie Vare, released in 2016 under Jag Jagwire. And my guest is Lauren. Woohoo! Lauren, welcome back to the pod. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) It is so nice to have you back. You were last here on episode eight, so it's been a while. Oh, wow. Was it episode eight? It was episode eight. You and I talked about uh, 1975. I like it when Mm -hmm. you sleep for you're so beautiful yet so unaware of it. A very special album to both of us. Yeah, she's so good at saying that title. Thank you. I feel like the pod helped me. I feel like the pod was good practice because I had to say it so many times for that Mm -hmm. episode. But it's so nice to have you back. I'm so happy you could join us via Zoom. Oh, well, thank you for having me. No problem. You're joining us live from Hamilton. I am indeed. In your new place. Yes. Looks amazing. You're seeing like the best corner of the room. The most amazing. truly a mess over here, but you're never going to see it. See, that's the beauty of doing a podcast is no one will ever know. It's literally just your beautiful voice. Yeah, Um, I could have no pants on. You you don't know. I mean, you know, girl, you do you. We don't judge here on the podcast. (laughs) Not at all. I mean, we judge the artists, but we don't judge each other. It's true. (laughs) The key key difference. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But anyways, it's been a while since I've seen you. The last time I saw you was like February. Um, We went to a bar. We had a great time, but it's been a while. So I got to know, like quarantine's been happening. We've all been in social isolation. How you been keeping busy? What's been going on? Yeah, well, quarantine honestly has been pretty busy for me. I kept working through the whole thing. I think it was March 14th that they officially cut us off and we started like the work from home phase. Um, It was still kind of weird though, because they didn't know if we were going to be fully work from home or if we were going to still be kind of going out into the field. But um, yeah, they finally told us like, okay, yeah, you're staying in your houses. So I actually packed up and went to my parents' place. Um, and so I was up in uh, the Collingwood area for a little bit, living Lovely. in true paradise. Yeah, it's great. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they like, I'm, I'd have my lunch brought to me some days. And by some days, I think it maybe happened like three times in like the month and a half that I was there. But it was enough for me to be like, I want to stay here forever. <laughs> You're like, oh, this meeting is catered. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, we'd have cocktail hour when I was done work because like, I was the only one in the house working. So <laughs> I would come upstairs from my office and my parents would ask me about my day because, you know, they're retired and also in quarantine. So I don't know what that vibe's like for them, but I think it's hard for them because there was no like golf or they couldn't go see any of their friends or anything. So I yeah. do love though, the fact that like for people who are retired, the biggest casualty of COVID was golf. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true though. Like it was a tragedy for them. They were like, <laughs> oh not. my God, I can't <laughs> what golf. What am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I'm glad that you're, I'm glad that you're now, uh, back in Hamilton, but I'm also glad that you got to spend time with your parents. It sounds like a lovely way to spend quarantine. Um, and I'm happy that you're here today again. So nice to just have you back. It has been a, it has been a few episodes and, uh, I'm sure all the listeners, (laughs) I'm sure all the listeners were anxiously awaiting the return of Lauren. Oh, well, I hope they don't mind that. I literally giggle through the entire podcast. That's That's all I noticed the last time. (laughs) I love that you giggle. Oh my God. You have the best laugh ever. So please do it all the time. I hate my laugh. So you can just, I'm just going to like use your laughs as my like laugh track, replace all my laughs with yours. (laughs) Just layer it. So there's like a million of me. Exactly. A million, 20 to a million. Oh, whoa. Segue. (laughs) On that note, Lauren, with that segue, um, why don't I give you a little bit of history on Bonnie Vare? He's an artist we've not, we've never done on the pod before. Oh, I'm right. Very excited. This is the first Ooh. time. So I'm going to uh, give you a little bit of background on how Bonnie Vare came to be and a little bit of info on the album. Sound good? Beautiful. So Bonnie Vare is an indie folk experimental band founded by lead vocalist and primary songwriter Justin Vernon in 2006, hailing from Wisconsin, USA. 
after the breakup of his band, DeArmond Edison, and getting diagnosed with mononucleosis hepatitis. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I beg the fact pardon. that I... <laughs> mononucleosis hepatitis? I said it again. Oh, wow. I'm so impressed. I thought I was going to be way too stammery to be able to get through that word, but we got there. Nailed it. <laughs> but after he was diagnosed, he decided to hide away for the winter in his father's cabin in Wisconsin, and that's where Bonnie Vare really began to take shape. Okay. I wonder... Is the diagnosis a lesser known thing? Because I have also heard that he retreated because of a breakup. So or is that did, just the more romantic way to look at it? <laughs> I think it was like a. I think it was like coinciding the breakup of his band, a breakup with his significant other, mm-hmm. and the diagnosis. So it was kind of like a shitty time for Justin. Lives, like yeah, a- yeah. It was literally just like a bad time for Justin. But I didn't know about the, I didn't know about this mono. See, no, I jinxed it. I knew I was going to fuck it up. (laughs) I didn't know about it until I was doing a little bit of research and I was just like, oh shit. But yes, you you are a hundred percent correct. I think it was multiple breakups plus the diagnosis and then, but you know what? Bonnie Vare came out of it. So worth it. Silver lining. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and what I also found interesting was uh, Justin credits the band's name to a television program he watched on Alaska, and he would see people wishing each other Bonnie Vare or Good Winter in English, oh. and he identified that with the time he spent in the cold in the cabin. In 2008, the band released their debut record, which was called For Emma, Forever Ago, and it had singles Skinny Love, For Emma, and Reese Stacks. Honestly, like, I got chills as you <laughs> said the names. <laughs> Are they multiplying? Yes. <laughs> Are you losing control? I'm losing control. <laughs> so I, I love that song, Skinny Love. And like, it's, oh, that's thanks. the thing. When I hear that song, I just, th- there's no, there's no other artist. There's no other song who like could do that. Yeah. Than Bonnie Bear. You know what I mean? Did you um, get to see them live when they were here? No. <gasps> what? I know. I know I didn't. I remember you texting me too. And I remember you being like, are you going to Bonnie Vare? And I was like, no. And you were like, all caps, what? <laughs> Literally same reaction now. I'm realizing when they played Skinny Love, like just immediately, like I felt it tears, like, yeah. like filled up my eyes and came down my face. Oh, I don't blame you. <laughs> I would like, I- I'm crying just thinking about it. Right. <laughs> The makeup's going to be ruined by the end of the episode, guaranteed. Oh, no. <laughs> and more people began to experience Bonnie Vare when his music, or sorry, when the band's music was being played on uh, network television shows. So he had songs featured on Grey's Anatomy, One Tree Hill, House, and more people started to learn about this indie artist who was like, you know, he's kind of like a woodsy, like wildernessy kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he kind of <laughs> blew up and everybody was singing Skinny Love, right? <laughs> okay, but do you remember also when he blew up that everyone was like, who's Bonnie Bear? Who is Bonnie Bear? Bonnie Bear. <laughs> yeah, don't you remember? I thought when it was they, because I thought everybody was calling him Bon Iver. That, but also Bonnie Bear because Bonnie Bear. When, they, when they won all of their music awards, like I think when they heard his name being called and people didn't know who the heck he was, they're like, "Who is Bonnie Bear?" And then there was like so many memes coming out of him, like with like a, As a bear, bear head. <laughs> yeah it was like it was incredible it's so great um but also another quick side note just bringing up Grey's Anatomy yes I'm pretty sure like I look back on all the songs that I loved kind of in my youth and I'm like Grey's Anatomy shaped my music taste 100 <laughs> percent. do you know how many songs I have on my fucking iTunes where like when I was like a kid and I didn't have Apple Music well none of us had Apple Music or like Spotify or whatever and you'd have to download your shit illegally mm-hmm. sorry but LimeWire. <laughs> LimeWire. you just download off LimeWire and I would just put in the album as like Grey's Anatomy 
So I have like all of these songs. I have like all of these songs that are just like from this Grey's Anatomy album that does not exist, but they were songs (laughs) that I heard on the show. I was going to say, whoever's the music producer or like whatever it is for that show, like who chose the music for that show, I feel like is my spirit animal. Okay. That's the show that gave us like (laughs) how to save a life and chasing uh snow patrol chasing, like chasing cars yeah chasing cars regina specter was on there yeah. like oh my god like everything that i look back and i listen to i'm like oh that's it was great anatomy that was shonda rhymes i i credit my music taste in the early 2000s to shonda rhymes 100 percent. bless up shonda bless up shonda <laughs> oh my god anyway back to the history <laughs> so as the popularity of the band began to grow they also started to collaborate with really outside the box artists Bonnie Vare collaborated with artists like St. Vincent and Kanye West on Kanye's really uh, critically acclaimed album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which was like a huge genre shift for him, right? Because he helped Kanye write along the songs. He's featured on all of the lights. Amazing side project for him. Yeah. The album we're talking about today, 22 A Million, is the band's third album, came out in 2016, and it combines synths, hip-hop, and electronic with Vernon's signature vocals. It is a highly detailed album highlighting Vernon's interest and passion for numbers. So... For example, the album is called 22, comma, a million. He has said that he has been very drawn to 22, like the number as a kid. So when he was playing sports, he would always pick the jersey. Like that would be his number for all of his jerseys. Yeah. And he sets his alarms to get up in the morning at 22 minutes past the hour. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. If anybody wants to read more about this, New York Times did a really cool profile on Bonnie Iver and I learned about this and I thought that that was insane. Speaking of which, the first single off the record was the first track, which is called 22 Over Soon. Second single was 10 Death Breast, followed by 33 God. The album has been hailed as one of the best of the year by Rolling Stone, NME, and Pitchfork. It received two Grammy nominations. There is a great quote from the New York Times profile that I just wanted to share. And it's uh, Justin talking about the album in general and how it kind of came to be. He said, being 22 is me. And then the last song being a million, which is this great elusive thing. Like what is a million? The album deals a lot with duality in general and how that works into the math. I was into Taoism in college and the paradox of duality and how it's one thing and the other. You can never have one thing without the other. So it's 22 being me and a million being the other. And that was a way to look at it as a circle. And I was Whoa. like, first of all, <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. I'm like, like literally I was reading that and I was like, what? But also cool. Like I'm down, but what? (laughs) The way his brain works, man. No, truly a mystery. Like I think only someone with a mind as complicated as his could give us albums like he has, but yeah, there's no way that I will ever understand what's most of the things that come out of his mouth, to be honest. (laughs) Maybe like we need to just spend a winter in a cabin somewhere and like, you know, just like center. I think like, I, I feel like we could make a whole like philosophy class about his albums and his lyrics. Oh, I would. Yeah, I, I'll be there. Yes. I'll take it online. <laughs> I'll take it online in the summer. Evening is a weekend. Bonnie Bear 101. <laughs> Girl, I'll be the there. I'll pay for that course. class. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, Lauren, we've got a interesting cocktail with us today. It's called What's the Red name? Devil. Ooh, I know. Look at her. Look how red. (laughs) She's very pretty. She's a very pretty devil. Um, And the reason why we're drinking a red devil is there is a song, the sixth track on the record, actually, which is called 666 Upside Down Cross. Um, Stylized as an upside down cross. It's not actually written in there. Wow. I... I feel so dumb. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I, I thought, like, why is there a T? Like, what's the T for? <laughs> so it's it looks like an upside down T, but... Yeah. When you go and you look at the song, like I think I was on Genius or something and I was reading it and apparently the way you're supposed to pronounce it is 
666 upside down cross. Like you're actually supposed to say upside down cross. No idea. I was calling it 6660, like the T at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And I was just inherently wrong. Oh my god <laughs> like nope you're incorrect it's actually That's just very the way that <laughs> you are incorrect um so hard song title hard to say but the drink is very easy to make all you need is one and a half shots of vodka one and a half shots of peach schnapps two ounces of orange juice splash of grenadine combine shake pour it out enjoy running with the devil here we go chin chin okay. virtual cheers Woo-hoo. red devil Lauren, before we get into the details of the record, can you tell me a little bit about how you first started listening to Bonnie Vare and then how you started listening to 22 a million? Yeah, definitely. I think I was listening to a playlist on YouTube and it was genuinely like Grey's Anatomy songs. <laughs> so Killer playlist. And like Skinny Love was in there and I was just like, wait a minute. And I just like kept like rewinding it and like replaying it and I'm pretty sure my roommate wanted to kill me because I wasn't listening to it with headphones on but um, I listened to it like a thousand times and I just like absolutely fell in love with it and actually I remember getting really mad when people would talk about like oh do you know the song Skinny Love by Birdie and I was like no <laughs> it's not by Birdie that's a cover how dare you <laughs> I was always like very defensive about it um so yeah you could you could say I fell hard and fast for, uh, for Bonnie Bear. Yeah. And so this was in first year university. And this is also when I kind of got into like playing the uke. And so like, I, I taught myself how to play skinny love on the uke and just like really kind of immersed myself in his first couple albums. And honestly, just like fell in love. Like so many of the songs from those first albums, like they'll come on shuffle or something. And I'll just like have to sit there and just like, let it wash over me. Like Ari Stacks is just like my soul flume. Like, oh my gosh. Like I honestly, I'm just going to go ahead and name every single song. That Ari- <laughs> Holocene. So Holocene. Holocene. When like this album took what, like five years after the self-titled album to come out. Like it was a big gap. It was their, th- it was their third. Them. So if they're, th- I think their first one came out in 2008 and this one came out in 2016. So it was eight years after their debut. There was one in the middle there that I'm, the name is escaping me but I can't remember what it was. It was just the, it was like this Bonnie Bear, Bonnie Bear. Like it's the- Oh, I got you. Sorry. Yeah. When this album came out, I like freaked out. I think it was in the summer. I think so too. Which I like really kind of colored my impression of a lot of these songs. So like, it makes me happy that we're talking about it in like the dead of the summer when it's like hot and I can like remember listening to all of these for the first time. So you've also seen the band live. So I know we talked about it yes. a little bit already. Have you seen them more than once or just the one time? No, just the one time. I remember actually, you know what? I think I lied to you. I first started listening to them in grade 12 because I remember um, getting a Facebook message from one of my friends in high school and she was like, Hey, Bonnie Bear's coming. Do you want to go see him? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And then it never happened fast forward to him coming when I'm literally 26 years old. Like how many years <laughs> later is that? Like it's insane. Like he, he didn't come anywhere in guessing. between that. Yeah. He kept <laughs> you waiting. You serious. <laughs> so yeah, it was well worth it. And it was genuinely one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. I'm sure anyone who's listening to the pod, if you got to see him on that tour, the work that they did with the lighting and just the overall experience was the coolest thing I've ever seen. 
Like it, it was a full body experience when you were watching it. It was amazing. That sounds amazing. Okay. Yeah. Next time he comes, <laughs> I hope COVID is over and we can go to concerts yeah. again because real. I really would love to see him live. So my relationship with the band, I, so I was one of those people who definitely thought Birdie sang Skinny Love. Cause I heard, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. But it was because I heard the Birdie version and then I, and I loved Bear. it. I heard, I heard Birdie there. Um, and then I was like, oh, holy shit, this is a cover who sings the original? And I like went on my like quest to hunt down the original. And then I was like, oh yes, for Emma forever ago. Ah. And then I started listening to that album. So I did, I did really like him. I'm a fan of the first album, but I never went like super gaga for it. Um, when I was in university, my roommate introduced me to this cover he does of, I can't make you love me slash Nick of time. Yes. Which is love amazing an amazing amazing cover um and I love that song and that's kind of like what strengthened I think my relationship with him and it was something I always played when I was really really sad or if I like just needed like um a chill kind of vibe it's very raw it's a very um genuine take on the song for sure so it was kind of like on and off for him but I never really like committed to the albums fully like I'd listen to him if he was on but I was just like he wasn't one of my favorites and then 20 20 to a million like this I didn't find this album literally until last year really yeah I was way I was way behind the curve on it I was just like on Apple Music I'm like I spend time in the browse page I just look for cool things whatever yeah and it was like it came up and I was like oh what's Bonnie Vera up to these days and I started listening to it and I was like (laughs) dang Bonnie Vera because I was because I was like no no no, it's okay but I was just like what the like where did this come from like he's got this again it's like an almost hip-hop synth electronic vibe I was like this isn't like this isn't skinny love like this isn't holocene this is something completely different and yeah. had I not known that it was Bonnie Vare, I probably wouldn't have guessed it was him like I was just Seriously. thrown off but it was amazing love the album um and I have to say if anyone listening wants to go down a fucking rabbit hole on research and reading into song lyrics and learning about vocoders like man, you can spend hours researching this album and you still won't understand it. There is so much that went over my head. (laughs) Like he is making up words, mama. Like he is like, Mm -hmm. like I was reading this, like I was reading the lyrics. I can't remember which song it was, but there's like fully words. And I'm like, I've never heard this word before. And I'm like reading it on genius. And they're like, oh yes, he took the Greek origin of this word and combined (gasps) it with the line. What? Paramind. Yeah, paramind. Paramind. I wrote it down too because I was like, eh? like he what you say he literally just like puts <laughs> words together and he's like yep that's gonna be in the lyric and I'm like but there I don't know what is. this word even means but it works and I buy it and I will continue to buy it for the rest of mm-hmm. my life this album in particular is so special because every character in the song titles every little like emoji he used in the song titles the placement of the, the numbers and the, the particular numbers he uses the math behind all of it is so complex and so amazing and that's a level of detail that most artists will never hit so mm-hmm. So I'm so excited to talk about the songs. Me too. What is the first song you want to talk about? I think in the 1975 one, I just started off with like the best one in my opinion. You started off with the sound. Started off real strong. Oh, the sound. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I'm going to go for for my top three. I'm going to go reverse order this time. Oh, all right, all right, all right. I know. It's wild. So in place number three in my heart is Death Breast. 10 Death Breast. I love that song too. Why do you like it's it? So great. I like this one because I mean it's hard to talk about it in its own as like a singular song, but I really like it because it comes right after such like a calm, slow, beautiful song that it just has like such an impact when it starts with those almost like military drums. 
that comes in, but it has like that deep synthy and you're like, oh, Bonnie Bear is bringing the synth. Bonnie Bear. <laughs> Return of the synth. Here we go. Like <laughs> Return of the synth. <laughs> it's like it's just so powerful and so strong and like just the first line like fee fever rest (laughs) it's just like you're like yeah fee what what about it (laughs) what about fee (laughs) but like the thing that I run into with a lot of his songs is that the first two three twenty times that I hear the song I'm like I'm not a hundred percent sure what you're saying but I'm on board (laughs) I feel the exact same way. I like Googling the lyrics. I was like, oh, that's what he says. I've been saying it wrong for the whole year. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was, it was eye-opening, but this one is like so clear. Like, you know exactly what he's saying, but at the same time, I'm like, what is fever rest? Like, what does that mean? Um, So kind of in my research, I found it's talking about like restlessness and like fever dreams and having like, like vivid dreams, like all that kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, like I get that with this song. Like it has that kind of like urgency to it yeah that I really like and it also has like my very favorite made-up word that he's ever used is it wait can I guess yeah is it fuckified oh it is (laughs) I love that too I was like fuckified (laughs) it's just like it's so powerful it just hits you it reminds me of like when you talk about like your favorite thing to do is just like toss your middle fingers up in the air at a concert and I'm like, it's that moment. It's it like is. that, just like, oh, yes. So yeah, I really love that about the song. And also, like, the little kind of chipmunky, like, voices say wild heart. And oh. I thought that's cute. I didn't actually know that. But apparently it's a nod to Stevie Nicks, who I think oh. he really loves. And he, like, had her permission to have that in his song. I love that. That's awesome. I love, right? I, that's the thing. <laughs> I love these little details that he put in. Like, you could tell how much he cares about his artistic expression and like Mm -hmm. how he wants it to come across to people but it's it's specific but it's still open to interpretation and like every like my viewpoints on the songs we're going to talk about today are going to be so different from your viewpoints and I and I love that because neither one and that's true for all of music but particularly with an album where he spent so much time like thinking about mathematics and like a, a specific point of view I think it's so interesting that everybody can come to the table with their own opinion of it it's amazing it's amazing it is Amazing. I also love uh, 10 Death Breasts. So I immediately had written down as my first line of this song was fuckified, darling, don't make love, fight it. And then it goes like, love, don't fight it. I'll wrap you up. And then it goes into the, it goes into these like, for me, it gives me like, um, like tribal energy. It's very like, yeah, yeah, like Like it's war drums. Yeah. Like war drums, man. It's amazing. And then you've got these like staticky vocals on top of it, which like wouldn't normally fit with a tribal percussion, but it just works in a very, very cool way. In reading the lyrics, the song is about risk-taking. Um, he says, darling, don't have failure fright. Time's the raker and I'll rack it up. So it's like, okay, I'm going to commit. I'm going to jump, even though I'm scared. And I think that's, again, a powerful message in any song, but just the way he was able to do it in the particular words, like, yeah, like huge he's a song. damn poet. He's a damn poet. Huge song <laughs> off the top. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And this, this one has um, dice next to the like the characters in the title are dice yeah really? yeah so if you look that. at the song title there's two die and they are both showing fives i believe so they're add up to 10 which is why it's called 10 death oh, breasts it is yeah what does death breast mean i don't know <laughs> girl that's another rabbit hole i'm sure okay. that there's a whole article on yeah. whatever death breast means 
Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go next. Okay. I have to jump to my favorite because I think you know how much I love this song. We talked about it the last time you were here when you and I were eating pizza post pod. And yeah. 715 Creeks is that was gonna be my next one anyway. <laughs> girl, my favorite. Hands down, oh. no comparison. Also, yeah. fun fact that I realized when I was in the shower last night. Shower thoughts. Um, shower thoughts. So it's called 715 Creeks, but Creeks is spelled with sigmas. 715, 7 plus 15 is 22. Like. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> what? No, I know. And like, we'll get into more. There is more uh, of this. This is actually one of the more obvious ones, but it took me in the shower washing my hair to be like, 715, 7 plus 15, 22. Like I was literally just like, he's a genius. I would have literally never put that together if you hadn't told me. (laughs) Insane, insane. But I love this song. I remember, so when I first started listening to the album, I remember playing it in my car on my way to work. And when this song came on, I was just driving and it actually moved me to tears. And to your earlier point, did not know what the fuck he was saying. There was like words that I could make out, but I had no idea that the main point of it, I was like, I have no idea. I think he's saying creeks. I think he's saying reeds. Somewhere in there. Something in there. (laughs) Yep. But what's really cool about this song is he uses a very um, particular vocoder and it's called the Messina. So he has a producer friend called, whose name is Chris Messina and he created it. And basically what it's able to do is split your voice into multiple harmonies all in one go. So he's like singing into it. And all those splits that you hear that are kind of like auto-tuny are happening through this vocoder. It, It was more so about like the heartbeat of the song and like the the way that like I felt it internally more so than the actual lyrics. Like just oh the, my God. Yeah. you know what I mean? Like it was just that like oh, really yeah. crazy harmony sound where I was like, I don't mm-hmm. care what you're saying, but just keep doing it. Like keep, keep it coming. Just keep it going. Just keep it, it going. Has that like the deep bass just like gets you right at your core and you're just like, oh my gosh. You just feel it like coursing through your body. It's amazing. Um, and I read when I was doing my research on Genius that the song is about having love for another person and also going through abandonment and whether that's abandonment by, abandonment, sorry, by a significant other or by a friend or, you know, if you're a religious person by a God or who, whatever it is that you believe in. I always interpreted it as like a relationship, like a significant other type of love, just, just based based on the lyrics that I understood. Um, but I think to our, like, based on what we were talking about before, you can interpret it any way that you want. I think that that's amazing. There's a particular line where he says that leaving wasn't easing all the heaving in my vines. And for me, it's kind of like, well, walking away is never easy, especially if it's someone that you really care about. And sometimes you don't feel better, but you know, it's for the best. So he's like, even though I'm walking away, it's not easing any of this like stress that I have in my heart or like this pain that I have in my heart. And then I'm going to butcher this, but like, I, I know I have to sing it, Do it. but <laughs> because I'm not, a, I don't have a vocoder. I do not own one, <laughs> but there's a part. You don't? Where, I have one. <laughs> <laughs> there's a part where he says like, Oh, I know it felt right when I had you in my grave. Yes. <laughs> Get a girl. It's just like all over the place. And it's just so like, it's almost comical. I'm like, who needs this much auto-tune? Like who <laughs> needs this? But I want more of it. And then at the, near the end of the song, he says like, honey, understand that I've just been left here in the reeds. And all I'm trying to do is get my feet out from the crease. Like he's trying to move on. He's just, he's just, tr- he's trying so hard. He's just mm-hmm. like, I want to move on. And you've got me stuck here. Like you've left me in the reeds and I'm just like sitting here and I just want to get out. And I'm like, oh, the pain, but the vocoder is so Seriously. cool. <laughs> the pain, but it's beautiful. But, but it's, it's beautiful. Painful. Fucking love this song. So good. I, honestly, I totally agree. It's in my number two spot. And like, honestly, it could be tied for number one. Like, it's so beautiful. I love that. The, would you call it a Messina? It gives it like 
it's almost an acapella quality, even though it's so digital. For sure. Like, and I love that. Like I give me an acapella version of any song. Like I will run with it. It's so beautiful how layered every single harmony is. And like, I feel like every time I sing along with it, I like choose a different one to sing along with, especially in that like huge, like run that you did. (laughs) Like, I don't know truly what I sing ever when I do that one but like we make it together to that end note (laughs) yeah seriously (laughs) hit that harmony we get that harmony in it's so visual I find this song like especially like stuck in the reeds like you know like his feet genuinely like stuck in a creek and like the reeds like wrapped around it and like yeah you know there's some like figure like walking away from he from him and he's trying to get them to like turn around and like that turn around you're my my like that and like goddamn turn goddamn around. <laughs> Ooh, that's my favorite part. My it's favorite that pause. Part. That pause yeah. where it's just like it like kind of quiets out and then it comes back and it's like goddamn turn around. You're my A tomb. So good. Uh honestly just gives me chills thinking about it. But yeah, I love that one so much. Lauren, what is your so we've already talked about your third favorite song, your second. Mm-hmm. What's your I, I, like the suspense is killing me? My number one. Your number one. 22 over soon <laughs> dude huge tune huge tune uh, tell me why I, you love it honestly okay so a huge thing with bonnie bear songs that i've noticed is like they're all about the place in the feeling that he was in or was having when he wrote them yeah because the, the second record aren't all the songs based on locations like are yeah. they all yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 100 based on locations and so he, like, he talks a lot about how each song is supposed to be representative of where he was when he wrote it. And when you listen to them, you can really kind of feel that in it. Mm-hmm. And so 22 Over Soon was one of those songs for me that was like, it always reminds me of the feeling I had the very first time that I listened to it. And it just like gives me such a specific memory and feeling and like it's gonna be like so corny but like as soon as it starts I get like images of like sun dappled leaves coming through the big maple tree in my backyard and I was just like laying back there on like one of the couches and just like looking up through the tree and it's like my perfect time of day perfect temperature like genuine like the best summer day that you could ever picture Mm -hmm. and like I listened to it for the first time and like I just I couldn't believe it like I was like I'm just so immersed in this moment and just like literally every time I listen to it I'm just like brought back to that and it's just like such like a calming and like centering piece for me so it's just like honestly almost purely based on feeling I mean like the lyrics in it obviously are are gorgeous but it's just like it's such a summer song for me and even it could be like the dead of winter and I listen to it and I'm like no I'm like transported back to like sitting under my maple tree and like the light is just like coming through the leaves it's like you know late afternoon and such a feeling of happiness. I love that though. I love those songs where you listen to them and you're transported back to something like that. And that's always going to be like, for me, li- like listening to seven fifteen Creeks, I'm always going to think back to that time I was in my car. And, and that's not as like maybe nice of a, of a view with like, it's not a summer day. I was like driving to work. I was like on the 427 stuck in traffic, but that like, fun. <laughs> no, no, no. but you, you, those songs that mean a lot to you, you're going to relate them to a particular time in your life, particular moment, particular location. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that's so special. Thank you so much for sharing that. I absolutely yeah. love that. I also love this song. I definitely bucketed it into the songs that I will always love. What's really special. I think about this song, and I'm glad that you brought it up too, because 
because I knew I wanted to talk about this song today in light of everything that's been going on recently with the Black Lives Matter movement. So the song features a sample of this other song called How I Got Over. And that's a song by this gospel singer named Mahalia Jackson. And she actually performed it at the March of Washington right before Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said his famous, I have a dream speech. Oh my God. Incredibly poignant. And so listening to this song oh. now, and I never knew, like I literally never knew. This I remember is the first hearing, time hearing about that. <laughs> well, and I remember like listening to the song and like you hear a woman's voice come in and she says like, I'm going to, I think she says like, I'm going to shine over you where there's like some sort of like part where it's very um, clearly a different person singing. And Mm -hmm. I just always thought it was part of his song. I never, ever thought that it was this incredible sample. So with everything going on right now and with this revolution that we're in, I was just like, what a what a beautiful way to immortalize um, not only a black artist and an amazing Grammy winning black artist from the 60s, but also a movement. Um, Seriously. Incredible. It's like so relevant and so beautiful. Honestly, thank you for pointing that out because I would have never known and like maybe would have never dug into that sample because like you, I just assumed like, okay, yeah, he had, you know, a vocalist on his track. But the fact that that was like right before that I have a dream speech, like that's incredible. You know that he thought of that significance. Like he would not have put that sample in without that being as special and poignant, like you said, like, wow, that's incredible. It's seriously amazing. And I would highly recommend anyone who wants to go and listen to it. You can find it on YouTube, the the performance. We're we're always learning, right? Where there's always more artists we can learn about. Um, And, you know, Spotify and Apple Music, all these streaming services, they put together really great hubs for um, black podcasters, for black musicians, um, uh, by POC musicians, by POC creators. Like it's, an incredible, like we have so many resources at our disposal now. Like we kind of owe it to this movement to do our research and to just keep learning and to educate ourselves and to support these artists. So like, please go and listen to it. Like listen, it's an amazing, (laughs) amazing performance and like just so special and so um, powerful. Amazing, amazing song. Uh, The actual like vocal part is very short. I feel like it's a lot of samples and it's a lot of kind of cut takes, but I love that on top of this like hazy electronic kind of vibe, he brings in guitar, he brings in some horn action. And then of course the Mahalia sample. Um, And dude, no one harmonizes like Justin Vernon. No one. Oh God. Like... (laughs) nobody blows my mind he inspires me I I try and and harmonize with him and I'm like no I'm I can't I can't Can't do do it it. can't do it it's over it might be over soon (laughs) it truly is over sooner rather than later (laughs) oh great such such a huge song uh amazing way to start off the record too oh seriously and someone commented that him starting with this song and starting with almost a very cautious lyric like it might be over soon coming off of him, having this whole break between his albums where they had so much success and so much kind of instant fame from the first two albums. And then having this period of like uncertainty and immobility, like they, they weren't coming out with anything. Like I'm sure Justin was kind of like doing his other side projects and stuff, but Bon Bonnie Bear as a band wasn't coming out with anything. And I think that they were kind of cautious going into it being like, you know, like, this could be over soon. Like your fame isn't going to last forever. Like you need to kind of grasp it while you have it. And I love the lyric caught daylight, goddamn right. And that's just like a very like carpe diem seize the moment kind of thing for me. And it's another one of those like fuckified (laughs) 
punch out lyrics. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love it so much. That lyric reminds me of something you would like, if someone's just like, Hey Lauren, like, how's your day going? You'd be like, caught daylight. goddamn right. Like you're yes. just like, you know, you're yes. like, yeah, I had a great fucking day actually. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, I, I absolutely love it. And I agree with you too. Fl- like fame, fame is fleeting. And, um, everything is too, right? Like we don't, we, we live in so much uncertainty and especially in the period that we're going in right now with Mm -hmm. COVID. I'm hoping it's over soon, girl. I'm hoping. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Please be over soon. Take a note from Bonnie Bear. (laughs) Bonnie Bear said it first. Bonnie Bear, folks. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's all time. Dare I say maybe my favorite Bonnie Bear song. It's pretty amazing. Come um, for me, pod listeners. I don't know. <laughs> There's 13 people out there who are like... <laughs> yes. One of them's my mom. Oh, don't come for me, mom. <laughs> okay, uh, I guess it's my turn next. Okay, so I got another fun one. Well, it's not actually fun. I don't know why I said it was fun. They're <laughs> <laughs> all fun. Fun in terms of like, I love this song because again, the detail that's in the song, yes. but it's also very simple. And that song is 45. Oh, yes. So again, for our listeners, maybe if you haven't seen the album track list, there are four underscores, then there's the number 45, and then there's five underscores. So you've got four underscores on one side, five underscores on the other, 45. Also, 45, baby. if you add up (laughs) all the track numbers up till this song, this is track nine, it equals 45. Stop that. Really? Wait, there's more. Ninth song on the album. If you add four and five, what does that equal? Nine. Nine. I was literally just like reading all of this. I was like, wait, I just thought this was called 45. (laughs) Blows my fucking mind. Blows my fucking mind. Truly, I didn't even get as far as the underscores. I didn't didn't even know that they were. I thought they were lines. lines. It just looks like lines. (laughs) But one line is shorter than the other. And that's to signify four and five. And I was like, man, Justin. Anyways, (laughs) so just aside from the track title, which blew my mind, the song itself is one of the more um, one note in the sense that it doesn't really have a whole lot of different lyrics involved. It's mostly him saying, I've been carved in fire. I've been caught in fire. And Justin has said that this, this song and particularly those lyrics allude to a time in his life where he was going through depression. And so feeling like you're caught in fire or carved in fire, it's like you're like you're trapped. Yeah. Like you have nowhere to go. If like, there's like fire all around you, it's just like, you're burning and you're in so much pain and like you, but you can't get out. And it's so, that's so heartbreaking to me, you know, for anybody to feel that way. And I'm sure like everyone's gone through moments where they've, they felt, they felt like they're caught in fire. And oh, so seriously. relatable, hundred percent relatable. And so mm-hmm. to me, hearing him say those things over and over again, over top of like, like some horn action in there. And he's just like saying, I've been carved in fire. I've been caught in fire. And it's just like, it reminds me of those times where like, I, f- I felt like things were really, really shit. Everybody goes through things in their life where you, you're not sure when it's going to end and you just want to feel like normal again. And you just want to feel happy again. And so like, like you said at the beginning, when you have to let it wash over you, these songs, mm-hmm. I, this is a song that I hundred percent let it wash over me. Um, and also I appreciated how vulnerable he got because it's hard to admit when you're struggling. Oh, seriously. And it's hard to ask for help. And I feel like this song was him just admitting like this was a bad time. I, I like to think that music like this is what gets people through those tough times because you know that you're not alone. And I think that that's so special. I 100% agree. And honestly, I love this song so much. I think like the way that he switches between caught and carved, I think is really important because he's acknowledging the fact that he's going through this time in his life, but he's also acknowledging that he's going to be coming out the other side. He's not dismissing any of that experience that he's having. He's 
fully embodying it and, and knowing that it's going to shape him. That's what I kind of interpret the carve in a fire as well. So, that's you know, really not only point, is yeah. this like depression, like he's caught, but he's being carved at the same time. It gives it that much more meaning to it. hundred percent. I think it's a, such a beautiful song and just, mm-hmm. oh, so uh, just- the really just like reedy, airy saxophones yeah. that he has in it too. Yeah. Like, oh, they're just like, they're almost romantic. I want to say like, yeah. they're just like very beautiful. And, like, it's hot sax. Like who gave you yeah. permission? Like <laughs> hot, hot seriously, sax, I can't. <laughs> I can't. It's so good. That song is just yeah. genius. It's so genius. Um, do you have another one that you love that you want to talk about? Like, this one's hard because I'm not, I have no songs that I'm like, I don't like them. I don't have any songs to talk about that I don't like either. <laughs> At this point, it's honorable mentions because yeah. I'm not talking about any that I skip because I really don't skip any. <laughs> Seriously. I guess if we're like, if we're going down the preference line, the next one that I think we should talk about is 33 God. Okay. 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 I really like this song as a song but I also really like it as like we were talking about with some of the other ones like the cool things that he's done with it yeah it's very so like if you look at the song title it's 33 and then god in quotation marks yes and it's like very much like honestly a lot of the songs on the album it's talking about religion and he was at Eau Claire his like his music festival that he has in Wisconsin. He was quoted saying to the audience, like, I, I think it was with this song actually when he premiered it, it is us, it is just us. Like, so kind of saying that there's no greater, oh. there's no greater being, it's just us. Air quotes, kind of God. Yeah, so yeah, 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 God. Yeah. And so I think it's about kind of like his struggle with, with that. So there's like a lot of like cool three things in it. So three refers to like the Holy Trinity. So like Smart. That's, yeah, that kind of like ties into it. The song is three minutes and 33 seconds long. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Speaking um, of the Holy Trinity, I'm sorry. Literally, yeah. Father, and, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> legit. And the coolest thing that I think took a lot of planning was that they released the song 33 days before the album came out. Like, <laughs> like can, you, can you not, Justin? <laughs> like, what? Can you not, please? After all of the other detail that you've put into this album, you also include like release dates in your numbers man i'm telling you this guy must have a calendar that is like the most pristine calendar you have ever seen his bullet journal is probably (laughs) so meticulous (laughs) justin vernon has a meticulous bullet journal i know it i can feel it there's just like i don't know it's just like a very cool song and then like if you dive into it then the very first line in early in the song says why are you so far from saving me which is actually from psalm 22 of course it's like oh 22 22 (laughs) oh my god like just so many things he says the line these will just be places to me now it's just like the fact that like his previous album focused so much on places Right. I think it's like, it's a nod to that, like a nod to the fact that he knows that he's evolving and he's changing um, and he's, you know, becoming a different artist. It shows um, him like moving, you're right, like moving forward and, and yeah. saying like those, those songs are probably are just places to me now. And now this is the artist that I want to be. Absolutely. Jeez. <laughs> can't get over that. That's amazing. I'm going to talk about 21 Moon Water. Okay. <laughs> so here's my thing with Moon Water. It's not one that I love per se. But what I do love about it is, again, the detail he put into it because (laughs) I learned so much 
when I was researching this song, a lot of Easter eggs, a lot of things happening. So first off, the the title is 21 Moonwater, right? 21 relates to seven times three. And in the album artwork, there are three sevens. So that's 21. (laughs) That's 21. And 777, so three sevens, is considered God's number in Judeo-Christian religions. What's also cool is it follows the sixth song. So this is the seventh song, right? Three sevens. Seventh song on the album follows the sixth track, which is 666 Upside Down Cross. Yeah. Which is 666 (laughs) is the devil's number, devil's cocktail. So it's like devil number, God number. (laughs) And then moon water is, the definition is water water imbued, imbued with the power of the moon. And relates to the occult and witchcraft. So spooky Whoa. right off the spooky. bat. And Witchy. I love a good <laughs> spooky song. Girl, Me too. I'm going to take you to Hogwarts. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> I was like, as soon as I read that, I was like, I need to give the song another listen because maybe I'll like it. Again, it's not one of my favorites. It sounds like a spell because he's saying like, yeah, it's very eerie. And then he's like, the math ahead the math behind he's just saying random fucking things and i'm just like Water. yeah and i'm just like wait what like are you making a potion like i don't know what's yeah. happening right now i picture also, him, the like, fact that he like brings up math yeah hello i didn't even know hello that. <laughs> the math ahead the math behind all of this math in the fucking album Seriously? hello hello <laughs> i just realized that when you said it i was like wait very ethereal very non-human mm. kind of reminded me of yeah. like so I'm a big David Bowie fan. Mm-hmm. And when David Bowie died and he released the Black Star record, which came out posthumously, so it was released after his death, there was a lot of spookiness and like eeriness about that album too, because it's kind of like he was, he, he was already talking about death even before the album was released. Like he, and he knew he was sick. He knew he was going to die. Not that I'm mm-hmm. saying Bonnie is going to die, but it's just like, ah. <laughs> it kind of, for me, it, Wait, gave me <laughs> it gave me those vibes where I'm just like, it was almost this like beyond like this person from another world coming down for Ooh. a moment to like share something with us. Oh, and that's how that. I felt about David Bowie, because I don't think David Bowie was like, just human. I feel like he had a little bit of stardust in him. You know what I mean? Oh, he had to. He, he had to. Had to. <laughs> he had to. And I feel that same way about Bonnie Vare. Just, just especially in listening to this song. My one piece of beef with this song is my one piece of beef. Just one piece of beef, please. It's just like a little <laughs> short rib. <laughs> just a little Korean short rib. That's all I want. Nicely but, marinated. <laughs> but the the only thing I don't like that I really don't like is the end. There's a lot of oh, random sounds, same. random and, sounds that come in. And yeah. I was like, nope, I'm skipping mm-hmm. this. That's the end of that. Yeah, like, literally. To, to me, the end of Moonwater is when he stops singing. And I'm like, yes, that's, we're done. We're done here. And it's not fun sounds. It's kind of like nails on a chalkboard. Oh, I have nails on a chalkboard written down. You do? Twins. <laughs> yeah, twins. twins, Basil. Yeah, seriously. Like, it, <laughs> I don't, I hate the end. I hate the end so much. Terrible. And you're right. I always skip it. 100% always skip it. Maybe if we like, play it backwards he's actually telling us the recipe for moon water i don't know who's to say we have spent a lot of time talking about the songs we love there are no songs in this album that you and i skip willingly no. um <laughs> except for the nails on the chalkboard part except for the nails on the chalkboard <laughs> part but go <laughs> like i know there's like extended versions of songs but can we get like a an edited a radio cut? cut yeah exactly <laughs> where it doesn't hurt my ears <laughs> but it's okay we skip we skip a part we skip like 30 seconds of one song on the album bit. yeah we're at the point in the podcast where we need to rate 
the album we're talking about. So what I would like for you to do at this point is tell me your closing thoughts on the album and then how many red devils you would give it out of five. Love that. Okay. Well, I think I, I love this album. I think it's transformative from his like acoustic, beautiful falsetto voice that he uses in the first couple albums. Like those harmonies still come through, which I think truly is what I love about him is like how complex he goes with his harmonies. And those are still in this album. It's just done with like synth and different instruments and just like in such a unique way. Like we were saying before, like it still stays so true to who they are that, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to give this an easy 10 out of 10 red doubles. It's out of five, but that's <laughs> oh, <okay. no. laughs> Wait, cut that. <laughs> I forgot it was out of five. That's um, okay. You, okay, let's try that so again. I can- <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? It's okay. So can I assume that's a five out of five? Oh, it's a five out of five. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect five out of five. I would agree with you. Um, as much as I love an album where the lyrics are at the forefront and you know exactly what the lead singer is saying and you like you pick it up and you hear it for the first time and you're like, oh, that's really, really cool. For an album where it took me till, you know, prepping for this session to find out what the fuck Justin Vernon was saying, for I was <laughs> I was surprised at how much I love this album because, but it's like, I, it, didn't, it didn't even matter to me. It like, I didn't even care. I was singing along to it, just like putting in my own lyrics and feeling great about it. Yeah, seriously. And I don't like, think there's I many, mind. <laughs> there's not many albums that can like do that, to be honest. Like it, usually misheard lyrics are like comical and you're just like, oh shit, I've been singing that wrong the whole time. And it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. you feel like an idiot. This time I was like, well, I was kind of singing it based on my interpretation my interpretation is different from Justin's, different from yours, different from anybody else listening to this album. But it's amazing how much it can still make you feel the same things and it can resonate with you in the same way. There is such a high degree of intelligence required to pull this kind of album off. And the dedication to details and the flawless execution of how it was released and the artwork and the track list and the math, like that doesn't come around often. It, It really, really doesn't. Um, I'm tr- like I I really credit Justin and the band with being one of the most like versatile and dynamic artists and and, and groups of musicians like in in the world right now. And so I I'm going to give it 22 out of 22. Hell yeah. Oh, you like me now. Like <laughs> just for you Justin. Just for you Justin special <laughs> rating because this was one that like it just it came as a shock. It came into my life. And I was not expecting it to be this fucking good. And it blew me away. And even coming back to the pod, like I love it even more after oh doing God, it for the yes. pod. Well, now I feel like, like even just going through the lyrics in preparation for the pod, I'm like, okay, no, I need to go back and like deep dive every single song. Right. And like, yeah. how many albums can you say that about? Honestly, off the top of my head, none. Yeah. <laughs> And, and like, again, we've, like I said before, we're always learning. We've always got different artists to learn about different albums to learn about. But like, this is one where if you need, if you want something new to explore, listen mm-hmm. to 22 a million. It's going to take you for a wild ride. I mean, I'd love to hear from your pod listeners, like what they interpreted some of these lyrics as the first time they heard them. Like, I'm sure if we were to sit in a room and put this on and try and sing it together, we'd be like, wait a minute. What? what? <laughs> What are you singing? We'd all be just in our own little worlds. That's the thing though. Yeah. You'd probably, we'd all be at the Bonnie Bear show just singing completely different lyrics and he'd be like, I'm cool with it. And then all at the same time go, fuck it, yeah. <laughs>
Well, look, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the pod today. This has been such a fun episode and such a interesting and like intriguing album for the two of us to talk about. Yeah. And I'm so happy. (laughs) I'm so happy you were able to join for it because I know how much Bonnie Vare means to you. And I always love, you know, having these, these pod sessions with people who really love the band that we're talking about. It just makes it so much more special. So thank you so much for coming. And I can't wait to have you. You're so welcome. You're welcome back anytime. (laughs) I cannot wait to get you back for your third time. Um, and I just, I hope you're staying safe in quarantine. I hope you're staying healthy and, uh, we'll have to do this again sometime soon. I would love to. Thank you so much.